Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 198 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We are a podcast of science. And comedy. And ignorance. I'm Gregoire. And I'm Dan Beeston. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better. Oh, sorry. That's me. I threw myself. <laughs> sorry for that. I knew that would happen too. I was like, oh, he, he's, he's, he's decided to start a rally, has he? <laughs> no, uh, one, only one shot across. Sorry. Okay, 15 love. <laughs> Loyalty. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Then I'm going to finally calm myself down about COVID. There's only one thing they know how to do well. And I've often been told that you can only can do what you know how to do well. And that's be you. Be what you're like. Be like yourself. And so I'm having a wonderful time, but I'd rather be whistling in Jurassic Park. Whistling in Jurassic Park. Whistling in Jurassic Park. Whistling in Jurassic Park. That is that. But before we get there. <laughs> but before we get there, Gregoire, what happened to you this week in science? Um, yes. This is something that, that I've been thinking about bringing up for a while and I, and I just, it's always felt a bit, felt a bit, oh, I don't know if we should talk about it in the podcast or not. And I'm talking, oh, let's just get straight to it. I'm talking about UAPs. So, um, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. So, un- unidentified aerial the- phenomena. Oh, right. UAPs. So, is there a difference? No, it's just the modern term for them now that the American government's decided. Everyone thinks UFOs is silly. It's been sillified. And so the American government went, they're called UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. You can see why they're trying to distance. But for the no, last couple you say, of- I saw a UFO. Yeah. Then you have to say, then someone's like, wait, you saw aliens? It's like, no, no, I was yeah. an unident- what are you, what part of unidentified? Are you? And then that person has to leave the party. Yes, that's true. And it's just terrible. And also UFOs, it's become one of those terms now that it's more than the acronym now. And it's, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. So they decided UAP would be the term. And for the last couple of years, this that's has like been a political a- party that I don't want to vote for. Yeah, it, it actually might be. Anyway, so it's been a whole thing. The United States government sort of came out and uh, and went, oh, by the way, we've decided to look into this stuff a bit more seriously. But instead of saying, no, it's not real, stop talking about it, no one talk about it, they're now going to create something called the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office and look into these sort of questions. And I've never mentioned it on the podcast because it's not aliens. It's never aliens. I, it's stop it. It's not Bloody aliens. Sorry, Dan. Real close to that mic today. Sorry. Sorry about that. And I just needed to point that out. And it's not aliens. But I also don't know that. But it's it's definitely not aliens. And people started saying, oh, it's soft disclosure. The government's being, you know, they're getting ready to just, you know, it's this whole thing. I just got irritated. And people who I consider quite smart and not in this area, but, you know, <laughs> but, but they're also like, oh, my goodness. And you're like, no, stop, just calm down. And so over the years, all this information has come out and none of it's useful. And 
very clever people like the Corridor Crew guys on YouTube, they actually did it. They do things about debunking stuff and showing how, oh, this triangular craft, like it's not a triangular craft. It's, it's a digital filter on an infrared camera and we can recreate that look entirely really mm. easily. And other people have shown that flying pill moving four times faster than sound isn't. It's a plane going in one direction with a camera going the other direction. But of course that doesn't matter. Everyone goes, no, it's definitely not that. And what they, people don't understand their own technology. And the answer is no, they don't. And the other thing people say is, Oh, pilots, these are top gun pilots and they can't tell the difference. No, they, no, they can't. They also see things out of the corner of their eyes and they make mistakes. Just to say I'm not just picking on people. I will stand by and say once I was walking along in Perth and I looked up at Kings Park and I saw a light hovering above Kings Park. And I was like, Oh, it must be a plane, a big bright light. And I went, kept walking and I looked over again and went, that plane is definitely hovering now. Is it a helicopter? And I kept walking for it. I went, that's. It feel it looks like it's moving, like but it's it's not a helicopter. And I started to go, what the heck is this? Now, like Dan, what I did at that job was show people the sky, the night sky. I felt I was, had a pretty good understanding of what was in the night sky. Yeah, 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 that's that's kind of your job is to look up and know what you're looking at. Exactly. So obvious, obviously, yeah, this has put you on the back foot. So and I kept going, no, no, just keep, and I kept walking and I kept looking. No, it's still, what is this thing? And it threw me and it threw me. I was like, this is really weird. I thought, is it getting brighter? Is it changing color? What is going on? What is this thing? And I got more and more confused by it. Now I feel then. Because I didn't know what it was, I didn't say aliens. I went, I need to work out what this is. And so I went to the internet and looked up things. I checked, I couldn't find anything particularly. Was there fireworks at the park? Was, you know, whatever. Was there drones display? Anything like that. Couldn't work out what it was. Finally, I took out my phone and just there's a, an app you can do to look what's in the sky. Long story short, it was Jupiter, the planet Jupiter. But planet Jupiter, like the big, the biggest one, the biggest one. Which I, but it was because of where of it was. Eight of seven eight. that you could see. That's right. Well, I can, well, I can see the oh, eighth one too. Well, I can just look down. Yeah, but you could. I mean, can you see Neptune? Oh, it's, oh sorry, you can see five planets. Yeah, Mercury, you can't see Venus, Neptune, Earth. Uranus, they're too far away. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. You can see six. You can see six planets, five in the sky, one at your feet. As they right. say, you need a special equipment to see Uranus. That's true. That's true. It's no, actually very true. God, they get angry, but the people who study that planet get so angry at that joke, and it makes oh, me want to say it more. Oh, they it's must the hear it. They'll have heard it a thousand times oh, in their absolutely. life. Absolutely, and they get really upset. And it came out recently. They're saying it's it's ruining funding. I was like, no, you're doing it wrong then, because you need to lean into the anus jokes, and you'll get much more, much more jokes. Anyway, much more money. Point of this is, I made a very big mistake and <laughs> couldn't detect Jupiter with my eyes. So definitely, fighter pilots. Yeah, and- yeah. Imagine just going to the boards and going, look, not enough research going into Uranus. You've got to fill the hole. Yes. Like, just- yes. Yes. That, that, yeah, make people titter and they'll open their wallets will open up. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And the point of this is though, I, I haven't want to talk about the, the alien stuff, but I just want to point out the stuff that's come out. The Pentagon has just released the all domain anomaly resolution office have come out with one of their testimonies talking about all the stuff and drum roll, please. Brrr, it's not aliens. Right. That's the sound that UFOs make too when they go. Oh, he's on to me. He's on to me. Every, every report, like the hundreds of reports they have, they've gone through and said, balloon, aeroplane, aeroplane, balloon, bird, 
top of a building, light, the planet Jupiter, everything. There are some, they don't know what they are, but the ones they don't know what they are, they all are at a certain altitude that normally military um, spy planes fly at, or they are round things that look like balloons, but they can't prove it, or they are moving small, just about the speed of sound or lower. So they're, they're planes. They, they may not be planes, but they all seem to be operating very plane-like in a plane environment doing plane stuff. Which he says doesn't prove that they're planes, but yes. So what he said is it's probably just, you know, strangely enough, other air forces or other bodies getting spy stuff like they do in their own countries. And we all do it to a degree. And so I just wanted to bring up here that please stop talking about this stuff. It's not aliens. I know too many people who research this stuff who would, trust me, wouldn't be able to shut up about it if, it if they even vaguely thought an alien was sending a signal or turned up. They wouldn't keep it secret. They, they can't help themselves. They're, you've met them on the podcast before. You know these people now, listeners, loyal listeners. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People love to talk about what they do. Yeah, they would, you they ask would, them about something and they'll just, uh, whoosh, I shouldn't say this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, aliens are real. So I will put the link to the findings, but it's not aliens. It's not going to be aliens until it is. And then the evidence will be real, real strong instead of this kind of they're hiding behind the trees because they don't want everyone to know. (laughs) Yeah, it's not aliens. You know that because they haven't come and taken all of the resources. (laughs) There is is that too. It's really hard to travel across interstellar space. Yeah, you need a lot of resources. A lot of Earth's resources. (laughs) I mean, we're trying to send people back to the moon, the Artemis II mission, and that's real hard. SpaceX just tried to put the Starship in, and it fell off and blew up. and Like, it's real difficult. Um, Oh, yeah, because they didn't build, like, a big channel thing underneath the the rocket ship. Is that what it was? Elon Musk is like, nah, don't worry about that. Is that what it came to? They, they and didn't then have they the blew exhaust. a big crater in the thing and knocked a bunch of engines off. You silly old. Why are you reinventing the wheel, you knucklehead? Just give your money to NASA, you punk. <laughs> We're not going to get sponsored by SpaceX now. There's no way. Damn it. You might cancel my Twitter account. Wouldn't that be lovely? A lovely treat. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> bitterness aside, what was your week in science like? Launch him into space. Make him a, a, a UAP. P. <laughs> uh, I'm getting... <laughs> wow. My Dan's, blood's up early this Dan's, episode. Dan's punching up today, everyone. <laughs> Best way to punch. That's true. Right in the nuts. Wait. I'm, I'm getting an induction stove. Ooh. Oh. Half our listeners just went, yes, and half our listeners, well, probably half our listeners went, no, and the other half went, I don't know what that is. Why did some of them go no? Because some people hate them. Induction stoves? Mm. Only a fool would hate an induction stove. (laughs) Fair enough. Now, you know how microwaves work. Pulses Uh, energy mm. on the same wavelength as H2O. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a great big magnet. And because water is a polar molecule, if you flip the magnetic force back and forth, the molecules go back and forth, rotate, 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 and the friction heats up the water. Jiggle, 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 jiggle. Super, super easy. Initially, when they were talking about microwaves, it felt a bit like radiation. Like it felt like they were like heating stuff up using like... It is radiation. But it's 
It's just, it's just magnets flipping stuff. It's just friction. It's just rubbing into water together. I just want to point out that, that everything in the electromagnetic spectrum is radiation. Light, visible light is radiation. Radio waves are radiation. You're so thinking hang radio- on, the heat, the heat, it, like we're in one of those big green growing, glowing rocks. You mean like your rocket, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. yep. One of them. Yes. Those things. Now they're not, they're, they're not hot because they're rubbing together, are they? They're hot because they're actually sending particles. Yes. So out. you have, you have gamma rays. So, and you have alpha and you have like beta, beta particles, which are basically helium. So you have helium nuclei basically blasting out of them. So some of them yeah. have mass, but some of them are light waves. It's true. Yes. But with the microwave, you just, you just rub the water back and forth and it gets hot. Yes, because you're transferring energy from the photons of microwave light into the molecules of water and jiggling them, and that makes it transferring the light into kinetic energy, which is, becomes it's, – it's, and jiggling yeah. molecules of heat. Yeah. That's what we, how you define heat. Yeah. It's not light. Is it? It's no, electromagnetic radiation. No, no, it is light. It's it light. It's 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 only it's only light if it's in the visual spectrum. No, no, it's light. It's 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 light. As in, it's 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 electromagnetic radiation. It's light. Light is electromagnetic radiation. Radiation is light. They're the same but thing. You, no, 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 visible no, light. No. So why we have visible light, UV light, infrared light, radio light. It's a light. It's light. Okay, I've heard of infrared light. Yes, UV and, light. And, yes. But I've I've heard them describe mm, that that's not right because yes it's right because if you can't see it it's not light it's not you can't <laughs> you can't see it but but and an, animals can see infrared so you, why are you so humanocentric Dan they can't see microwaves though uh, can any animal see microwaves I don't know probably not probably not see you have non ionizing radiation so you have the radiation that can't give you cancer but you have an ionizing radiation which can but it's all light, Dan. Microwave is a type of light. It's a photon. It's a photon I, of light. I, I, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. <laughs> it has no mass. It has an electric field and a magnetic field. I don't I know what know else it is. What light is? But it's but it's light. That's what make that's what that's what the microwave is. It's just a higher energy, shorter wavelength light. I, it, you, but it doesn't. It, but light. You can. You can okay, okay. If you take it's visible dark, if you take it's visible, not invisible, no, 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 okay. it's light. <laughs> if you take the visible light that's in the room that's illuminating you right now, and then you send it into space, right? And for years, and, and, and space starts to redshift it over time. Yes. It's like it's redder and redder and redder and redder and redder and redder, and then yep. it gets so red, Dan, that it turns mm-hmm. into infrared, yep. and now it's invisible to you. Yep. And, and, and now it keeps dark. And now <laughs> you keep stretching it out, and it's going to get into it's radio waves and dark. And dark. Darker, and, darker. And, well, you can't get- and, and you know what the opposite of dark is, Gregoire? What's that? Light. <laughs> so, all right. So, oh, for, for, so you only call things out of the entire electromagnetic spectrum, only things from 400 nanometers to 700 nanometers. That's it. Everything else is dark. Yes. Visible spectrum <laughs> equals light. Visible spectrum equals light. Yeah. Everything else is just That's dark. That's why you call it electromagnetic radiation, because it's not all light. Some of it you can't see. <laughs> I'm going to put that on. I realise that I'm arguing (laughs) with an expert in the field. And yet somehow I know I'm still right. (laughs) And there, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have the problems in our world today. All right. So what are we talking about? Microwaves, <laughs> microwaves. Water. Yeah, okay. which may or so, may not be light. No one's terribly sure. Yeah. So if you put baby oil in the microwave, there's no water in it. <laughs> mm. It doesn't heat up. Mm. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So if you put an aluminium pan on an induction stove, mm-hmm. same deal. Ooh. 
induction stoves work on mag- on magic on magic? magnets. Ah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, I, uh, Insane Clown Posse, for this magic. This point. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the induction stove itself is a big magnet that pulses back and forth, remains at room temperature, but the base of the pan is in that magnetic field and it's on the right wavelength. So mm. all of the iron particles flip back and forth, just like the water in a microwave, and it heats up real fast. Mm. So... I figure once I've got an induction stovetop, I've got a super powerful oscillating magnet in my house. <laughs> what else could I do? <laughs> Confused pigeons. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't have that written down. <laughs> and then Get cook a pigeon them. and push its head up against the stove until it gets real, real, like, like a little pigeon on drugs. It'd probably be quite concerned to begin with, but yes. <laughs> this large ape is pushing my head against a, a stove. Mm. Um, I I can demagnetize ma- other magnets. Ooh, thank goodness. So, that's, a, that's a problem I have actually. I'm, I look around my house and I'm like, you know what I have? Too many damn magnets. Yeah, fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> In your magnet, all your atoms line up. Mm-hmm. That makes the magnetic field happen. That's as that's as deep as I'm going. To right, I'm about to say that that's a good level. We'll we'll go there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's just, by the way, just so listeners, it gets real quantum real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. easy. To, it is not easy to explain. ICP was onto something. It can be explained, but it's not, we're not, we're not talking about it here. It's yeah. a whole thing. It's a thing. Oof. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I think we tried once in the past. Mm, bad idea. Yeah. Now, if you put a magnet next to an oscillating magnetic field, all your atoms want to jiggle back and forth. Mm. This kind of ruins your magnet. Mm. On top of that, it heats it up. This also disrupts the magnetic field. Mm, mm-hmm. Though, with that in mind, it means that I can demagnetize magnets with my current stovetop or <laughs> just a fire. Yeah. You can also do it by smacking it. You take a hammer and smack a magnet over and over and over again. Becoming permanent magnets, that can also work. That's how monkeys do it. Yeah, you better believe it, baby. <laughs> All right. What else can I do with this enormous oh. oscillating magnet? Oh. I can kill my nan. <laughs> Pacemakers detect information from the heart and are programmed to adapt when things change. Introducing a strong magnetic field makes it so that the pacemaker isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm. So people with pacemakers are recommended to stay at least three feet away from active induction stovetops. Oh, my God. The risk of death is actually very low, but it can definitely introduce problems. Mm. Mm. Okay, and finally... What else can I do? I can charge my phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Modern phones have inductive charging. Hmm. The charges alternate a magnetic field at the same rate that the phone is synced to and the voltage created charges your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit more expensive in electricity than just plugging it in. Mm. I think it's like eight times more expensive. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. But then charging your phone is very cheap. Hmm. Like it's not like heating something up. Now, if you put one of these phones on a stovetop, it will introduce an enormously large amount of energy to your phone and probably destroy it. But (laughs) if you get a cable and wrap it around the base of your pot on the stove, this cable can be hooked up to a regulator circuit and you step it down to to the power (laughs) that is exactly what you need for your phone. Thank you. No, I'm glad you batted in the the stepping it down a regulator circuit part because otherwise we're going to get a lot of angry listeners going, I blew up my phone. (laughs) Uh, 
And don't forget, Smart Enough Know Better fully recommends that you recharge your phone using a stovetop. No, no, we do not. Any stovetop will do. (laughs) Even heat, why not? Gas. (laughs) (laughs) Just pop your phone into the into the uh, stovetop on Force Fan 7 for a good 20 minutes and it'll come out nicely charred and uh, charred up and ready to go. Sorry, I meant charged, not charred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ready for some hot calls? <laughs> Call smart enough to know better. <laughs> God. Yeah, induction stoves are really, I love them. I think they're really, really interesting. They're really interesting things. Um we have one. people hate them. So yeah, well, I, what I do know is that my dad is like, the the Greens want to take away my gas stove, <laughs> and I'm like, and I say, well, when they do, replace it with an induction stove because those things are top shelf. Yeah, I think I I think people like the gas, the instant heat of gas, and that's. I, but I'm not. I I've tried to someone explain to me. I'm sure it's just what you're used to. But electric stoves are nonsense compared to gas stoves. I agree with that. But yeah. I don't that's have why a, you get an induction stove yeah. instead because they heat up like nobody's business. Yes, yes, but it's still not instant. I think that's the argument. But I don't know if it matters. It, it it's it's not instant, but it's the the temperature change is like ten seconds. Oh, okay, right. Like yeah. if you're right. if you're on gas and mm. you turn the gas down, you're pot still has to cool down the heat of your pot still has to cool down on an induction stove the the same thing happens mm. the only thing that's mm. keeping that hot is the heat of the pot so that needs to cool down and that'll go from a go to a simmer so anyone who's d- debating that with gas is stupid because probably <laughs> because they've been poisoned by all of the carbon dioxide and the, and the various <laughs> elements that are coming out of the gas stove wow we're really really leaning in now into Today we had to go at Elon Musk, and now everyone who loves gas stoves, right? Like we are egalitarian, and who we're going to yell at? That's that's, that's always been no, our way. I'm not. I'm not. I loved the idea of a gas stove. That was sold to me by, uh, turns out, the gas companies. <laughs> and gas stoves are kind of poisonous. And now that we know that, let's not use them. Yet let's use this other technology, which is just as cool, if not cooler. I'm I'm right there with you, and. Metaphorically cool. Well. <laughs> you, know, you haven't worked in a, an office for a while, have you? You should have been a, a self-powered businessman, high-powered businessman, Dan JJJ Beeston, running your own micro-corporation to victory. I'm doing this podcast from the golf course as we speak. <laughs> so, but most of us have worked in an office, lots of office works. Most of our listeners probably work in some sort of office, even if you're in a researcher, there's some sort of office situation. And I was really interested in, in a study that came out recently from the Duke University Business School about how loyalty is used and uh, rewarded in workplaces. So if you think if you're a loyal worker and your boss mm-hmm. asks you to do something, and hey, can you stay back? I feel it would be okay to say that most people would say yes to that. They would say, unless they can't for some reason, they would go, of course, hmm. you want to be seen as a loyal worker. You want to be seen as having loyalty to the company or to your team or to your boss or whatever it is. Hmm. Uh, and and that's and also, if, if someone was nice to you all the time, generally, and asked you to do a favour for them, most people would be like, yes, I will do a favour for you. Sure, you exactly. And, and and so if you're thinking about your co-workers in the same way, mm. then you'd be like, yeah, I could do that. 
That's easy. Yeah. And we actually talk about being loyal workers. They were loyal to the company for many years. And it's changed a bit in modern times. It's, you know, loyalty to, you don't get like 25 years in a company anymore and a golden handshake when you go. That's all changed. But still loyalty is rewarded. Or we think loyalty is rewarded anyway. But this study says something very different. So <laughs> loyal workers, it seems, are given excessive workloads compared to people who aren't as loyal. But, and... Uh, what unpaid you mean work? Good people are suffering at the hands of the companies that pay them to work. Yeah, well, yes, basically, yes. And I, okay, sure, I see what you're saying, but it's. I just want. I wanted to bring this up because I. Was, oh, God damn it! I just chipped chipped my ball straight into the rough. Sorry, I was so agitated. <laughs> I would definitely beat your caddy for that. I would give him a damn good kicking. <laughs> so this report was not saying you shouldn't be loyal at work, but just be aware that if you are excessively loyal at work, that what happens is that you will have more and more stuff put on you because even if people aren't doing it to be exploitative, managers may not be bad or evil. They go, well, I don't have to, I'm not going to ask Greg because Greg says no because of a million reasons, but Dan, oh, he, he'll happily do it. So it becomes easier and easier to give it to Dan and you become the person carrying everything. And then you get a martyr complex and tell everyone else about it. But that was my own, <laughs> that was my own, that wasn't in the report. That's just my own ad bit on the end. Hmm. So it's been shown that you need to not be too loyal. You want to be loyal enough not to lose your job, but not go too loyal and don't get exploited. Because in the end, you, the exploitation cycle continues, continues, and everyone starts to expect it. And it becomes mm. the culture of the work. Well, I read something interesting today, which was that corporations have a, a requirement to get as much work out of their workers as possible for a good, like they're fine, they've got a financial incentive. Mm. So as a worker, in order to make the system work, you have to do as little work as possible <laughs> whilst maintaining your wage. Yes. You well, have they... to force the other. And look, back Quite, 60 yeah. years ago, 70 years ago, people would get like 90 minutes of work done in a day. And then most, and the rest of the time was spent like drinking beers at work and like flirting with the receptionists and such. And now that we got people out there doing three jobs at the same time in order to try to get, make a, a basic living wage. There is that too. I will push back a little bit. It's been shown that this wasn't this study, but this is another study. I'll see if I can find it again. It's been shown this because during the, the pandemic lockdowns and people working from home and they in this gasp, we're going to lose all this productivity. And what it was shown is that not a lot of productivity, product Activity was lost, not because people work harder at home, but because we actually discovered how little people work at work. That you <laughs> you go, and that's once again, even if you go, well, I definitely, you may be listening and I definitely work all the time. And that's fair enough. You may work a lot more, but think about how often, if you work in an office environment, how often you go to the toilet or you have lunch or you have a conversation with your colleagues or you quickly flick over to Facebook or to YouTube or whatever, just to take micro breaks. I am not saying anything at all. You do work like everyone else works, but you probably aren't working as much as you think. In fact, they think that in a seven and a half hour day, you probably only do about three hours of useful work. Three hours. And the rest is unuseful work because your brain's fried or you were doing something else without realizing you're doing something else. That's averages, by the way, which means some people are doing much less, <laughs> much, mm. much less. <laughs> so anyway. I, and, and always hold it. Until you're during work hours, if you need to have a poop. Oh, absolutely. Then you're getting paid to poop. Oh, it's, it was the greatest thing. I've, I always try to tell my colleagues, I always poop on the, on the boss's dime. Always. Yeah. 
Oh, I know people, if you were working in the Amazon factories and you, know, you can't, they're onto you. Like they, they won't let you do that sort of stuff, but everyone else poop away. Don't, yeah. don't people work like a, like a schmutz. In fact, post- free paper too. Oh, Greg Wah solved this. I realized how much I was doing this when I was chatting to someone about the toilet paper use and how there's a company called Who Gives a Crap and they send you toilet paper. And once mm-hmm. a month, they'll send you the basic, so much. And it's like recycled paper and it's good for the environment or better for the environment. And, and I was like, I couldn't get my, I had to cancel very quickly because it was just even as one person living in a flat, it was far too much paper. It was months and months and months and months of paper. And someone else went, well, no, it's not. A, you end up with quite the pile. Yeah, well, <laughs> a, you're, you're, you're males. That's a bit different. Some people use the toilet paper a lot more. And B, mm-hmm. you, poop, yes, you poop at work. So, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. So I wasn't using my own, my own poop time. I was uh, using, anyway, we got really off topic here, but yes, poop at work. So, be loyal at work, but don't be too loyal. Be aware that you're being exploited and maybe the culture of your environment. And I'm thinking here when my time as a teacher, where there was a weird culture of, I mean, yes, they do get good holidays. I will admit that, but you need to come back twice a week in the evening to do the, you know, little league training. And then on a Saturday, half a Saturday for something else, for chess club. And it was like, if you said, well, I don't want to, I want to have a life. People would go, but what about the children? And you go, Yes, what about paying me properly? And they're like, oh, and then it, it, there was a big sort of fight. And it was only because I was an older person, a bit crankier with all these 20 year olds. And I was 30 something, early 30s when I started teaching. And I was like, this, this is exploitative. And they're like, no, no, this is just the way it was. They, and, but loyal people got hammered and disloyal people like me didn't have to do it. And then I felt bad and did it because otherwise it wasn't helping. So whole cultures can get bent by this, but there is now studies that show if you're too loyal, you're going to get exploited. So wise up people. Just be loyal enough not to get fired. Mm. And steal a little bit of stationery. Oh, oh, you, oh, just, just, just a pen. <laughs> Maybe a desk. <laughs> we recently discussed that we don't know how dangerous COVID-19 is. Mm-hmm. We were speaking out our asses. Mm-hmm. We were speaking from a place of ignorance. Mm-hmm. I hate living like that. I find enormous reassurance in knowing that my chance of dying by shark bite or plane crash is so low. Mm. It means that I can relax on flights and take measures on things like my consumption of red meat and alcohol, which is much more dangerous than flying. Mm. In fact, the most dangerous part of flying is that it's boring and I tend to order alcohol. (laughs) But COVID has been this big red fog in my life for three years now. I don't have the numbers or anything to relate it to. I've been running on the assumption that COVID is a big death parcel that shouldn't be opened. (laughs) Fair enough. So the question, what is my danger of serious health concerns Mm. from getting COVID? And does that take into account what's your chance of getting COVID? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Is the traffic that I'm driving in in order to buy more N95 masks more dangerous (laughs) than not wearing masks in the first place? Mm. Is a handshake instead of a fist bump as dangerous as taking a flight or getting an X-ray or swimming with a stingray? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need some way of measuring risk of death. Mm -hmm. Now, I drive around 5,000 kilometres in Australia each year. Mm. That has a risk of death of 320 in a million or 320 micromorts. <laughs> Excellent. This is a real word. I can't <laughs> no, just make this one up. That's fantastic. 
Okay, now, I can reduce that danger of 320 in a million. I can reduce that danger by eight times. Mm -hmm. I can make myself one-eighth as likely to die on the road. Mm -hmm. I can wear a seatbelt. Okay, hang on. So that means... But most people in Australia are wearing seatbelts already. Yeah. So I. So I'm not. <laughs> that that. So I'm not legally. So I can allegedly, Dan. Allegedly, at this point, you're not, you're not admitting on on this podcast that you're doing an illegal act. That's an illegal thing to do. Smart enough to better recommend. <laughs> if I wear a seatbelt, and I'm going to from now on, I can reduce that by eight times. That that's. 40 micromorts. Hang on. But it, is, is, I'm confused. Just, just to clarify, is that three, 320 micromorts is the death rate now on the Australian roads due to traveling that distance? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, but that would take into account wearing seatbelts. If you had, yes. if no, you had so 40 micromorts is that one. Eight it times is. That. It is. So yes. what's it's 40 and it, but if, if, if no one was wearing seatbelts, it would be 320. Correct. Okay. Okay. Right. That's sorry. That that makes makes more clear for me. Thank you. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I can reduce that risk again by driving sober instead of drunk all the time. Mm, mm. I've been saying you should do that. I, I thought so. That's one quarter the danger. That's mm. down to ten micromorts. Mm-hmm. So in fact, that's what the Australian one is. Is that's that it's the danger is ten micromorts. I understand. It's now. forty if we're all drunk all the time, and three hundred twenty <laughs> if we also weren't wearing our seatbelt. So here's mm. an interesting factoid. Mm. This means it's safer for you to drive just over the legal limit <laughs> than it is to drive without your seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, of course, this is spread across the population. This mm. includes professional drivers and the elderly, and new drivers, <laughs> and tremendously bigoted stereotypes of both foreigners and women. Mm. Ironically, your mileage may vary. Mm. <laughs> so, let's talk virus. Ooh. Each time I'm exposed to an infectious person, I could get infected. Mm-hmm. If I do, me, a 46-year-old man in good health, I could get very sick. I could die. Mm. The chances of that happening are 1,294 micromorts. Right. If I drove for three and a half years drunk, not wearing a seatbelt, that would be how dangerous being exposed to one infected person is. In, in, next to an infected person, that's not saying once you get it, that's your chance of dying. That's saying next to someone who is infected of getting it and then dying. In an, in an environment where the infected person is. Yes, close, so close, contact, close contact. Close contact. Oh, okay. okay, fair enough. Okay. Yep, yep. Now... I can do some things to mitigate these risks. Mm-hmm. The big one, the seatbelt of the immune system. Oh, yes. Get vaccinated. Yes. This reduces my risk from 1,300 micromorts to 40 micromorts. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. It's the same as driving tiny. drunk, slightly That's, drunk. Yeah, correct. It's still <laughs> the same da- danger of driving drunk for a year. For a year, okay. Every yep. time you're exposed. All right, yeah. It's okay. the same as smoking a pack of 28 cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is also another great mitigation for risk of death from COVID. Wearing a properly fitting N95 masks drops your danger of getting infected 100-fold. Wow. 0.4 of a micromort. Oof, yeah. You would have to be trapped in a room with someone for hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> if you're wearing a mask mm. in order to get and die 
from COVID. A proper N95 mask, yes. Not just a, yes. Not just a cloth mask or something like that at all. Yeah. Cloth masks and surgical masks and stuff, mm. not very good at all for mm. really interesting reasons because those N95 masks, they're actually, um, I think they're statically charged. Ah. So it's the holes on the mask will still let COVID in mm. and air in. But as the COVID molecules and any molecules go past the, the mask fabric, mm. the static sucks them up. Mm. And magnets again. Magnets, magnets again. It's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> N95 marks. How the fuck do they work? <laughs> I misparaphrased that. I've... We know exactly how they work. That's yeah. Okay. We, um, we need to write a, a smart a song about that. N95 masks. <laughs> Just in time. Miracles. All right. If you would not drive drunk, hmm. then you should wear a mask at the supermarket. If you would never think to drive mm. without a seatbelt, you should wear a mask, and the government should encourage that. But, Gregoire, I'm not worried about dying from COVID. <laughs> okay. I'm a 46-year-old man with a healthy lifestyle and O-type blood. I have a fully functioning immune system. My BPI, flawed system as it is, indicates I'm in a healthy weight range. A BMI. BMI. What did I say? BPI. BPI. What's that? That's beats per... Well, blood pressure over inches? Blood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, BPI. Yeah, my BMI. Yeah, yeah. BMI. Body mass indicator, yes. That's the one? Yes. <laughs> just, yeah. just confirming. Yes. Okay, so it, it indicates I'm in a healthy weight range, but I am worried about killing people in my life. Uh-huh. My father is 72 and carries quite a lot of weight. If he gets exposed to COVID, that's a thousand micromorts. Mm. He's vaccinated. That's still a one in t- a thousand chance of death. Mm. I want to avoid spreading the infection. I want to do my part. My vaccinated status reduces the chance of spreading the virus by 11%. Mm. That's not really great. Mm. That's a small amount. I'm not going to save the world by being vaccinated. The mask still works. I honestly thought you just you, this was your official telling your father and mother that you just weren't. I can't visit anymore. Yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry, everyone's like you're never going to see Dan. I'm never. I'm sorry. I really want to come around all the time. I just can't. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so long COVID. Mm. The research is still coming in. Mm. You, the listener, need to be super cautious taking any of these information points as gospel. Mm-hmm. This is a new illness. Mm. They are hard to measure. It's also equally hard to figure out if it's not as bad as it sounds or if it's worse than it sounds. Yeah. I have tried to be extra diligent in using sources that are trusted and supported by extra data. I also discounted anything from before the end of 2022. Sure. In Australia, your chance of being in or in Western oh, okay. civilization, All right. your chance of being infected by COVID is quite high, is high enough that you on average, you would be expected to get it 1.4 times per year. Mm. And the chances of getting long COVID from any instance of getting COVID is around 13%. Mm. So the chances are that every five and a half years, you'll get long COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm. How dangerous is it? On average, three months of brain fog, lack of taste, dizziness, a whole gamut of manifestations tied to our neurology. Mm. Research suggests that the loss of brain volume is equivalent to an extra year of normal ageing. Other research suggests that a full recovery is expected in most people within a year. While you have long COVID, you are at greater risk of heart disease and mental health issues and strokes and diabetes. There are some people who are more at risk. I'm not one of them. 
Mm. So sucks to be you if you're unvaccinated, (laughs) obese, Mm. asthmatic, have mental health problems, have general poor health, are black, elderly or female. That's right. The tall, thin, middle-aged white man rolls a double six. Thank you, universe. You've done it again. Oh, dear. I have a short pedantic sidebar. Mm. The article I read said that one factor wasn't being elderly. He Mm. said that the the factor was increasing age. And I would suggest Mm. to the author that if your age is not increasing, you're either dead or you are (laughs) Benjamin Button. Okay. The problem with having long COVID is that part of the danger of COVID is that while you have it, it increases your risk of pulmonary problems. Hmm. It doubles your chance of a variety of heart and lung issues. So if that lasts for 10 days, then this is only a mild risk, Hmm. especially if you're healthy. But if it lasts for months, you're in a doubly dangerous group for four months. Being vaccinated mitigates these risks somewhat. Hmm. Also, while long COVID does have a lot of neurological effects, most people won't end up with long-term brain damage. Right. So surprises that I had in my research were now that I've had four jabs and had COVID once, I'm not in a vulnerable group. Mm -hmm. And also Omicron is less deadly than the initial strain. Getting another booster Mm. won't necessarily provide me much benefit. Like I could skip it and barely change my risk of death or hospitalization. Is that based on the boost that you get? Because now there's one that's come out that is actually based more on the latest variants. The bivalent one? That's the one, yes. Yeah. F4, F5 um, or the time of recording, I think. I think at, at the moment, there are recommendations that you only need that if you're in a vulnerable group. Ah. Um, another one, uh, shaking hands. Remember at the beginning where everyone mm. was like oh, yeah. not touching yeah, yeah, yeah. and washing their hands? Trying to like work out if it's fist bumping or kicking feet. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't like the kicking feet one. That freaked me out. I tried that, but I mean, good good for health because, yes. you know, getting your balance up is great. Yeah. You could stand on one leg and you practice that every day. You're like, doing this great. I can do it really easily. It's just because it came from nowhere and my brain really went into you're being kicked. Like I, I really had a moment. I jumped back and my fists flew up into like, as in I wasn't lashing out, but I went into like a, like a Carter stance of like, protect the face. He's going, he's going for a high kick. It was very weird. And everyone looked at me. Yeah. It was, yeah. You've was, seen too many of those movies where in the shoe has one of those poison blows. <laughs> look, look, Putin's a thing still. I've, I've, <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't trust him. I'm, I'm in a celebrity on a podcast. God damn it. Who knows? He's trying to get rid of me. Yeah. After this episode, it's all going to be targeted at me. <laughs> Thank the, you, Dan. Dan, the ablative shield is smart after the better. Huzzah. <laughs> um, I have gone back to shaking hands. Okay. Because after I shake hands with someone, I know I've got hot hands. Mm. I won't touch my face uh. or any food or anything until I wash my hands. So <laughs> You're yeah, a stronger no, man than I. <laughs> you don't need to fist bump. Mm. If you just practice basic hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Wash your hands all the time. And whilst elbow bumps and fist bumps are probably healthier for a society overall, because some people are monsters, (laughs) uh, I like shaking hands, so I'm just going to go out of my way to wash my hands Mm. whenever I touch anything. Mm. That's fair enough. It's a good way to be. Um, And also, COVID doesn't spread by shaking hands very much. No. It is is an aerosol disease. Yeah. you are get you shaking? It from breathing in someone else's breath. I guess it's from the, it's, it's a whole idea of people just cough into their hands. So stop coughing into your hands, you animals. 
either do it into you, the one I always do if I have to, I haven't got something to cough into, a turn away, don't do it in someone's face, try not mm-hmm. to cough, sometimes you have to, uh, into your elbow, thank you very much, because it's not your bloody hands. <laughs> so I cough into someone else's hands. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Okay. How, how is the frog princess? She dead. <laughs> oh. 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 She's with Jason now. <laughs> My deep pull, fiction. deep pull. Yeah. yeah, you like that? Yeah. Uh, I, I won't explain that. Mm. That's, that's a long-term listener. But, but, but please, listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, please don't send condolences to Dan at this point. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> okay. I went into this process thinking I'd reassure myself that I was overreacting mm. about COVID. Mm. Forget that. <laughs> COVID-19 is a dangerous disease. Mm. And even by itself, without any of the long COVID stuff, it's more dangerous than I expected. Mm. Long COVID probably isn't quite as dangerous as I expected. But I also don't want it to be impossible for me to do my job for four months. Yeah. My last infection cost my household thousands of dollars in lost work. It sucked balls. Mm. Don't suck balls <laughs> unless they are washed. <laughs> That's a whole other. That's a, yeah. Look, people sneeze into their hand and then they. T- it, look, yeah, yeah. Men, a, are, men are gross. That's what, that's what yeah. we're trying to say. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> so, when I'm in public with strangers, I'm going to try to wear a mask as often as possible. Hmm. If you use a seatbelt and you don't wear a mask, you should switch. <laughs> the good news. Researchers are studying the crap out of this virus. Mm. They are still finding awesome stuff. One that's come out really, really recently. Long COVID is a mess of many seemingly unrelated symptoms. The mechanism is unknown. Mm. Researchers at the University of Kent have studied all the symptoms and they have a hypothesis they'll be testing this month while we're recording. It is going on. COVID does a number on your vascular system, leaving some people in a position where they don't get enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. When your muscles don't get enough oxygen, they switch to a thing called anaerobic respiration. They can still work, but it hurts, and they build up lactic acid. This will happen when you're doing lots of exercise. These researchers suspect that the shift to anaerobic respiration causes an acid-based disruption that can affect every organ system and underpins the symptoms. If you do heaps of exercise, you're kind of wrecked. You push yourself as far as your body will go, and then you can't even lift stuff. This is partially from the buildup of lactic acid. Your body needs heaps of oxygen to catch up. Long COVID is proposed by this hypothesis to be like feeling like you've just finished a huge workout. Hmm. That's why people feel so tired and feel unable to do anything. Hmm. It's like they've just had a big workout, but they haven't. Mm -hmm. So if this hypothesis turns out to be true then they should be able to target long COVID with current treatments. Human beings, filthy as they are, (laughs) are amazing, Gregoire. It's true. So I will keep people up to date on whether this just completely fizzles or whether there's something to the acid base disruption hypothesis. Please don't tell me you signed up for this because we know what happened last time with the dengue fever thing. Uh, <laughs> what should I not have licked? <laughs> Dan Beeston, we've put you into the time machine 
sent you back. What? But no, no, no. I, I, I thought I didn't have to do this anymore. No, no, no. This, this, this is not. That's not that. But it's, I'm just using the time machine to. If, if, yeah. I just don't like being in here. But it is claustrophobic, and I have a lot of bad memories. <laughs> but don't worry, because very soon you're going to be in the beautiful svelte. Svelte? Not svelte. The, the velt. Velt. That's what I was looking for. Those words of of 65 million, maybe 66 million years ago, and oh. 66. 66 million years ago. I feel like there's an absence of something right now, which there's not going to be an absence of <laughs> 66 million years ago. That's right. And unfortunately, you're quite close to a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Sorry about that. Piloting's a bit a bit off. How did, how, what am I, in China now or something? Yes, yes. It's, well, it's time and space, so it's fine. It's no, we, can, we can do that and it's fine. All right, good, because, you know, 66 million years ago, the Earth was a long way away. That's true, that's right, but we, we worked it out. We've worked out the kinks. And, Great. But obviously not all of them, because now I'm in front of a T-Rex. Well, you've got, you've got other problems right now, which is exactly, and it's looking at you. What noise do you think it's making right now? You're, you're a tasty little mammal morsel. You're within, you're, if, you're within running range. You might be able to outrun it. We've discussed this before. I don't know how fit you are at running at the moment. You might be able to outrun it, but you don't know yet. What noise do you think I it's making? Imagine, I imagine that it would look at me mm. and look around from side to side mm-hmm. and then it would stare me down mm-hmm. and then the noise that would come out of its mouth would mm. be, you fucked up, boy. <laughs> like that. Like that. That's how the tattoo is. Welcome to sound. pain town, morsel. Look, that's a good guess. Uh, uh, here's, here's a my thunderous it, roar. A thunderous roar, like maybe. a mix of an elephant yeah. and a and a turtle having sex. I, I always wonder. I don't know this actually. Do they have a larynx or do they have a syrinx? Because birds have syrinxes. Ooh, good so question. We, we, so maybe we go ah, like make a we. I, I, I feel we talked about this before. What noises they would have made? Because I know duck build. I know duck build ones make a weird. It was a terrible. That was a terrible oh. version of it. But anyway. None you look at the T Rex and be like, "Hello then, yeah, yeah, hello so, then." <laughs> Chainsaw, ram, ram, which is a bit weird because it hadn't been invented yet. It's got a time traveling syrinx. I'm getting well off track here. Here's the noise I think it makes. Yeah. Is that it eating me? No, no, no. That's it licking its lips, because the latest study says that Tyrannosaurus rexes didn't have big exposed teeth like a crocodile, but had lizardy-like lips. So they had lips, thin, scaly lips that covered their teeth. And this is amazing work from the University of Portsmouth in the UK, looking at the wear of teeth of, of T-Rex teeth and, and theropods in general, actually. They say they definitely didn't have feathers. That's they, they, re- they actually said that in this article, because people like me are like, yes, but what about Good. the feathers? Good. So Tyrannosaurus rexes did not have feathers, uh, right. probably not even as babies. They didn't have them and they fell off or something. They just they did not, not all theropods had feathers. <sighs> Sad, but there we go. But they think from the wear of the teeth, they didn't wear down like crocodile teeth, which are exposed from, and they, mm-hmm. therefore they get damaged and they're not covered in saliva. So they have more decay. They're mm-hmm. covered inside the mouth. The damage on a T-Rex teeth seem to be more like a monitor lizard. So this yeah. report says that monitor lizards and Theropods, dinosaurs, or two-legged dinosaurs, have very similar teeth structures and including the wear on their teeth. So they haven't found evidence as in in the fossil record, you know, ghostly teeth or anything like that. Sorry, ghostly lips. But the wear pattern seems to indicate that they had lips. Yeah. 
Did they blow raspberries? That's what I was. Thank you. That's it. I'm, that's I knew to do the podcast for a reason because that's I, the, <laughs> maybe the T Rex went. And that's how they communicated with each other. That would be incredible. Here's, here's my second question. Imagine, Dan, so you're standing there and the, and the dinosaur's like, but then there's a thunderous roar of in the distance. A sexy lady T-Rex turns up. I'm assuming this is a heteronormative T-Rex. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll just go there for the moment on averages. All right. And the, uh, the male T-Rex. That's how you get little baby T-Rexes. <laughs> the Lowercase ma- T-Rexes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to dot your I's and cross your T-Rex. Mm. Oh, no, you don't want to cross a T-Rex. <laughs> they will. They will eat you and lick you. And now, Dan, you're the first mammal in 66 million years to maybe watch some full tongue lip kissing of T Rexes. This kissing is amazing. They should name a country after this. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to the Walk of Shame, where you, the listener, contact us when you notice that we've done goofed. (laughs) Uh, I got contacted by uh, probably the most important Steve of the podcast. (laughs) Which which Steve is that? Steve Beeston. Oh, okay, okay, good, excellent, good. Yeah. We have have quite a few Steves. Suck at all the other Steves. (laughs) He noticed that I was boasting last episode about how many babies I've saved. Yes. And how much karma I've accrued and that I would be able to just rob a bunch of banks. Sure, and yes. It would be fine. Yes, be yes. ethically neutral. Right. And he paraphrased the comedian Michael Hing and pointed out that my blood may have saved a lot of babies and it might be good for my karmic credit, but my carbon footprint must be enormous. <laughs> Because all the babies you're saving. All the babies who survived yeah. because of me. Because, <laughs> yes, I guess so. so I, I can't really go and uh, rob those banks uh, anymore. I, I, yes, I, yes, I, okay, the children. But here's, here's the thing of, because I'm not, I'm not actually one of four, we can't have children. People shouldn't have children. It's a choice, that's fine, if it is a choice for you. But uh, I guess it's the whole, yes, they use up certain resources, but hopefully they produce better things than they... We need some sort of mutant child mm. who solves climate change. Mm. Mm. This climate change doesn't get solved without some mutant children mm. who are, like, That's, super smart. I've seen the movie, so... so- so I guess don't have dumb kids, I guess, is what we want. <laughs> but and, well, we talked about this before on the podcast. Idiocracy is not a thing. You know, the movie Idiocracy, where mm-hmm. oh, only oh, all the dumb people are breeding, therefore they, yeah. everyone's going to get dumber, and the intelligent people are like, it's, it's a nice idea, and it doesn't work. It's Because intelligence is not necessarily linked to how smart your parents were. It's a very, 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 very complicated thing, and whatever intelligence actually is. Yeah. And it comes down to, which we've talked about on the podcast before, it comes down to resources available to children, education, how well they're nurtured, not necessarily the innate yeah, intelligence. But some kids are like 
Oh, I look, mean, they're, they're never going to solve climate change. No, no, there's, there's a bell curve. So don't have those kids. They're real dummies. That's right. And don't give my blood to them. Can no, I sign something, and they and they just only give my blood to like the good babies. This is the problem. There. Then we have the the issue that um, that people have in wildlife <laughs> in the fact well, that only cute animals. Issue. I'm I'm just I'm hinting. I'm skirting around the word eugenics. Yes, here, and you're like, well, this is the problem. Yeah, there. Yes, and it comes down to you want to save the pandas because they're cute and fluffy, and the eye eye because it's cute and fluffy and it's got a big finger and all these cute and fluffy things, but no one wants to save them. You've the... never seen an eye eye, have you? Well, the, they oh, well, look, they I... are not cute and fluffy. They are a hell creature. I, I have a lot of time for them because they've got this kind of roughed up hair and this kind of, this this wide-eyed look of terror, which I really kind of connect with. So It looks like a skeleton ate a ghost. Well, look, we, we, all, have, we all have beauty standards that are different, Dan. So. <laughs> Eric Wilson writes to mention that you were talking about Tiger King, a mm. show you didn't watch, True. and mentioned Carol Baskin's zoo. Mm-hmm. He says it's just a pedantic thing, mm-hmm. but it's actually a sanctuary and not a zoo. <laughs> sure. Which I thought was over, an overly pedantic call, but then I took a quick look at the difference. Mm-hmm. And so there are three types of businesses that we're talking about here. A sanctuary is a place where animals that require rehabilitation can heal before hopefully being released back into the wild. In some instances, the animal can't be released into the wild and will live out their days in safety. Most importantly, they do not breed, buy, sell or trade animals. They only provide refuge. Mm. Now, a certified view engages in breeding and trading in animals. Certification ensures that habitats are healthy and safe and that the zoo isn't mistreating animals. Mm-hmm. The third type is a roadside or uncertified zoo where <laughs> owners can basically do whatever they want. <laughs> We don't have these in Australia because our government hates freedom. (laughs) In fact, exotic animal laws in Australia are really granular. There Mm. are rules as to how high certain climbing features must be for certain animals and how much stimulation you must provide for certain creatures. Mm -hmm. So, big difference between a sanctuary and a zoo, especially an uncertified zoo. Whether or not... Carol Baskin's sanctuary is adheres to the <laughs> refuge stuff yet to be ascertained. Mm, allegedly, allegedly, yes. So thank you very much, Eric Wilson, for that one. It broke my heart when I realised that I would never be able to own in this country a capybara, the king of the rodents, the regal, regal giant. Better than a tapir? Is that better than a tapir? Tapir is not a rodent. A tapir is a, is a mammal. It's not a rodent, is it? No, oh. no, it's not a tapir. Yeah, no, it's not a rodent. rodent a capybara is, is a rodent. It's the largest of the rodents. It's the king of the rodents. And it's a, yeah. and they're very calm. It's, it's all the video stuff about they love hanging out with other animals. They're real chill. They're, yeah. And, uh, and they get eaten. Yeah, you would have to illegally import that into the country. Someone would have to stuff a tapir into their underpants. A capybara. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> not a pangolin. Don't want to get a pangolin. But yes, I can never get a capybara. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also Greg at smartenough.org. You can interact with us by going to the website and commenting on the episode. You can even comment on the comments that other people comment. Oh, absolutely. But you can't comment on the comment comments. Oh, that, that, would just, that would just make things too complicated. Oh, okay. So it's not that they stop from doing it. We just think that societally our culture says we shouldn't do it. Oh, that, that, here be dragons. 
Right. Okay. Like you've seen Facebook. People comment oh. on comments on comments mm. on comments on comments, and then suddenly someone's swearing at someone because of how they're describing solar power or something. Yes, and you're all basically everyone is now Hitler. That would explain a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you want to support us financially, we have a patron account. And if you are a second tier patron, I get to call out your name and thank you most earnestly. This time I'm doing it in alphabetical order. Oh I'm too goodness. lazy to shuffle them. <laughs> so big thank you to Andrew Potts, Andrew, Andrew Trousdale and Andrew Whitehurst. <laughs> Avi Greenbury, Britta Rogowski, Ivan, Ilana Mitchell, Elizabeth Yunkin, Gronya Maguire, Lindsay Jenkinson, Matt Ewers, and Matthew Toy. Thank you what? all so much. Wait, Alana Mitchell was further halfway further away. She wasn't. She should be at the top. Il- Elana, not Alana. Oh, Ella. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh no, I made a terrible error. Yeah. Well, your accent is shocking. One or the other. Either way, I'm deaf. You're Australian. There's it's, only it's one a- of them, so it's Alana Mitchell. <laughs> it's Alana. Or she's electronic. Oh, so she's Elana Mitchell. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that, yeah, either one is, is great. She's A, Lana Mitchell, or she's Elana Mitchell. Gosh. If you're in the top tier, I have to insult you. Mm-hmm. And so these top tier members get an insult from me. This month's insults are based on fitness. Okay. So, Robert Shelton, you can go take a long jump. Hmm. Mikhail Kidder, you are clean and a jerk. <laughs> Joey Wesley, you're a downward-facing dog. <laughs> Steve Eichenhout, I found your protective cup. I can tell it's yours because it's an innie, not an outie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Steve Stewart, you've got a silly mid on. It's mm, true. Tom Seary, you are a fartlek. Sorry? Tom okay, Seary is a fartlek. Okay, saying it twice has added no uh, more information. A fartlek is a type of running in Sweden oh, you where you jog mm. and then you try to you sprint and then when it gets too hard for you to sprint, you go back to the jog. It's, a, it's high interval training, isn't it? In, 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 fartlek. Oh. So I like the idea. I like the idea that like the the Inuits have a million a million words for snow. The Swedish have a million words for running real hard and then slowing down and run real hard. They only need one. Only and one. it's fartlek. It's fartlek. Okay, everyone, go out for a quick fartlek. If they had an alternative, mm. I can only assume they'd use it by now. <laughs> and finally, Danny Sores. I won't be including Danny in these sports-based insults. You know mm. why, Gregoire? Why is that? Because he crossed the line. No. Danny. And we also have Sean Seifkin, who again hasn't upgraded his account. So he he doesn't get the punchline. Sean Seifkin. I said Seifkin, didn't I? I, 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 I trim that out. It's too <laughs> insulting. He hasn't paid for that. Damn it. Sean Seifkin. He's like a mixed lacrosse team. So fill in your punchlines, guys. There you go. Yep. Excellent. Okay. And thank you to those <laughs> top-tier members who don't require the insults. They say there is no I in team, but there are eight I's in this team. Aww. Al Batson, Michael Barnes, Morden O'Hare, and Scott Driscoll. Thank you, all of you, so much for your support of the podcast. So is, our, is, is, is it time or is it teamy or is it I team? 
No, they've just got two eyes each. Oh, right. That's a, yeah. Okay. Hard to play makes, sport without them. That's true. Well, that's Paralympic stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was that was very ableist of me, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm suitably chastised. <laughs> Chastised. Chastised? 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 Chastised. I'm wearing a... Uh, what are these belts called? Chastity belt. I'm wearing a chastity belt on my eyes. <laughs> chastity sunglasses. He kind of looks like Geordie LaForge from Star Trek Next Generation. God, this has gone so sideways. <laughs> Thank God it's the end. <laughs> and as we always like to say... Microwaves travel at the speed of dark. They, they don't, though. It's, it's light. It's totally no, it's, light. It's, it's not light. light. It's, it's not light. light. It's totally the only light. light in the microwaves is the one that... Emits light. <laughs> the magnetron is not producing light, according to Dan. Yes. Fucking physicists. <laughs> <laughs> everything. I fired a shotgun once. <laughs> Twice, technically. Mm, okay. Uh, two barrels. Yes, it was a ah. double-barreled shotgun. Yes. And there's two triggers on a double-barreled shotgun. Mm. And the person teaching me said, you can peel both of them at the same time or you can do one at a time. And I'm like, I've never fired a shotgun before or anything like this before, mm. so I will just do one. And I stood there and I pulled one and I my feet were like together. Mm. Oh, no. I, I wasn't bracing myself at all. And I pulled it and went... Boom! And tipped backwards Ooh. and clenched my hand and fired the other one oh, and wow. almost fell on my ass. Oof! That's, yeah, that's so scary. That's so scary. Guns scare the hell out of me. Always have. Uh, Only stuff like that. They don't scare me, actually. I mean, if they're pointed at me, sure. But <laughs> like, I, I'm quite fascinated by gun security stuff and mm. I and going to a firing range. Mm. And testing how good you can hit something mm. is pretty much identical to me to going to an archery range. Sure, that's fine. I, I can see that too. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that, that's fair enough. That's a controlled environment, all the rest. I guess. I guess mm. I'm more worried about then people want them everywhere, and I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad they're not everywhere. Yeah, I'm glad people aren't walking down the street with bows and arrows too. Yeah. So yeah, exactly right. Yes. And then we ask to see it. And if you have a knife, then we will fine you so many hundreds of dollars on the spot. What if I, what a knife at a knife store? They can choose to implement the laws like Judge Dredd. Yeah, so, like yeah. knives are for cutting stuff. Yes, but let's face it, they're going to target people. You're not, you don't look very scary, Dan. No one's going to give a crap. But someone they want to target, which would be a younger person, probably male, maybe a person of colour, maybe, I don't know. Like, if I'm carrying something metal on my person, mm. why should that immediately open me up to a legally required search? That's ridiculous. That's why I, ghastly. Yeah, I know, but it's, I don't know. That's why I was like, that's a bit weirded out. But um, I what once if I've got a sack full of ball bearings. <laughs> true, true. Yes. Okay, bad, bad one. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Maybe they're hunting down for Terminators. They can't tell us time traveling robots from the future. And if I'm a time-travelling robot from the future, why am I suddenly the bad guy? <laughs> like, what if I have comp- completely legal and justified mm. reasons for travelling mm. back to the, back from the future and disguising myself as a human? Mm. True. I'm just going back to my residence where I live with Sarah Connor and I don't... And I've forgotten my address. So if you, <laughs> officer, could help me out...
Also, was that would that have been picked up on the wand? Because wasn't that a high tech metal from the future or something? Yeah, poly something alloy. I don't know. They, they, it gets picked up by magnets, doesn't it? Doesn't it get picked up by magnets at some point? Oh, so yeah, it's yeah, Ferris. Yeah. In, yeah, he walks through the the machine. Hmm. And, and he goes uh, ping. And yeah. Wait, but was that because he had an enormous gun on him? Ah, good point. Maybe it was the gun. Maybe yes, true. Is it? Here's a question for the listeners. It's not going on the podcast, but is is uh, Terminators Ferris, or do they show up on metal detective scans? That sounds like a question for uh, Mr. Scott Driscoll. That That's, sounds yeah. like his bag. <laughs> I was at Bunnings yesterday. A guy turned up. His name was Mick. The, the kite guy. Yeah, kite guy. Yes, yes. The flying Mick. Yes. So he said something about your electrics, or he was involved in some way. Yep, he came out and checked it and went, oh, yeah, no, that's all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to make someone do something that, that should be paid hundreds of dollars just because you do a podcast. Graph. It's that sort of attitude that will mean that you'll never be a billionaire. Mm, mm, true, true. So keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Some levels of morals. I was trying to work out with Brisbane, if you could do that with the Brisbane River somehow, if you could mm. have a stylized, like they have on the building. There's a building up here that's got it down yeah. the side. Yep, yep. And there's a sign out on the south side of the Gateway Bridge ah. that has it as well. Or as I like to call it, Brisbane's mascot, Tapey the Tapeworm. <laughs> Tapey the Brisbane Tapeworm. <laughs> well, you should put that forward for the Olympics in 2032, Brisbane Olympics. The tapeworm. Okay, that's. Oh no, let's do it. Smarter than a better are pushing for Tapey the tapeworm. Tapey the tapeworm, official Olympics mascot. Yeah, absolutely, it's what, it's what Brisbane needs. Who represents all of the interesting wildlife mm. in our Brisbane River? That's right. That is less than a centimeter long. <laughs> that's true. It's the forgotten heroes. That's what it is. Yeah. Everyone talks about bull shark when it floods, but what about the tapeworms? Because you want a collection of them. Didn't they have like three of them at the last Olympics in Sydney? Yes. So you oh. want like an E. coli <laughs> and a tapeworm. We're not um, monsters. We, we don't want all of them. We'll let other people have like, you know, other ones, but we will push for okay. tapey the tapeworm. I think, unless we have another great idea, but tapey the tapeworm is great. It's like, why, why am I here? Because I can do this shape. And he's like, contorts his little tapey body and it turns into the Brisbane River and it goes, Can't, and he goes, no. They wheel out giant paper mache one around and a whole bunch of little kids dressed oh. as tapeworms run out. Oh. And like- maybe maybe there's a person who is a <laughs> there's a giant anus and it gets pushed into the it gets pushed into the stadium and then all these little tapeworm kids dressed as tapeworms leap out of the anus and run around the the sta- stadium for the opening ceremony. Is that tapeworm? Is That's that, not tapeworm. Oh, it's not tapeworms. Oh, okay. No, you're thinking of the, the other worms. Hookworms or no, just worms? The little ones. Maybe maybe hookworms. No, tapeworm sits in your tummy. Oh, okay. And feeds off the feeds off your stuff. It's oh. good for losing weight. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention the weight loss thing. Yes, but look, we, look. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll nix the. See, I'm not. I'm always be willing to kill your darlings. I will nix the giant anus at the Olympics. That's fine. That's fine. See. I'm, oh, I mean, I do love the giant anus, and if we get it to wink, yes, like Matilda. Like, that would be. <laughs> That's. Thank you for going with me. <laughs> right, that would be special. Come on. Harkening back to 1982 and where Matilda came into the, and winked at everyone and charmed us all, here's the smartest and a better giant anus. Oh, it's winking at us, Dan. Look, it's winking. 
It's a one hell of a day there, Bruce. It's uh, really... <laughs> really fills your heart and all your other organs with tapeworm. That's right. I've got four inside me right now because I'm full of Brisbane spirit. <laughs> uh, we as smart as I better do not uh, advocate weight loss through tapeworms, by the way. We're not doctors. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I advocate it. <laughs> oh, dear. If I get a head cold, I'm not going to go out and hang out with people that mm. I don't need to mm. for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, and I, I won't kiss my wife for 10 days mm. because then she'll get it. Yeah. All this playing up of like, oh, Dan's a hypochondriac. It's like, I just like kissing my wife. <laughs> He's a romantic, a yeah. hypo romantic. Yeah. Hypo, 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 which is, uh, hypo is under, I think. So it's hyper yeah. and hypo. Hyper romantic. Hyper romantic. Ooh. Ooh. You and Duran Duran. Ladies. <laughs> Yay. Every episode. <laughs> T-Rex has yeah. had lives. Yeah. <laughs> we think. That, that's astounding. <laughs> Could they, if you got a real big mouth organ. Oh no, they couldn't hold it up. They got little tiny <laughs> hands. <laughs> that was the only thing stopping them. They, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were T Rex smacking his lips. Uh, <sighs> Just sitting around making all those noises. Yeah, 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 yeah T Rex board. Someone invent Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the king of the dinosaurs. 